Warning, the Wicked Library contains adult themes, adult situations, adult language and graphic depictions of terror, bloodshed, the occasional possession, and your future trips to your psychiatrist, so he or she can assure you it's only a story. This podcast is intended for mature audiences only. You've been warned, kiddies. <laughs> Hello, kiddies. Have a seat and relax. I am your librarian. There's nothing to be afraid of, yet. Hold on to yourselves, boils and ghouls. This is going to be a dark ride. We'll leave the lights on for now. No talking. It's story time at the Wicked Library. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are listening, this is the Wicked Library. Sorry, Nelson, I had to do that at least once. And I figured what better time to do it than when we are doing a special episode. If you are a longtime listener to the show, or if you're a new listener that's been exploring the back catalog, you know that in the summertime, the Wicked Library takes a a summer break. This year, we worked right through the summer, and we are going to have a special episode where This week, you get a guest narrator, a story told by Connie Reagan Blake, who is an amazing storyteller. And in the traditional sense, she was part of the storytelling revival, and she frequently appears at festivals all over the country. She's traveled the world. She tells stories to big audiences, small audiences, and she is an amazing storyteller. So I'm very excited to be able to share with you one of her ghost stories. And Connie is actually going to be in town this weekend. So if you are a fan of the story, you enjoy what you hear today, you can head down to the Three Rivers Storytelling Festival this weekend. There'll be details in the show notes. And it's a fun time. If you've never gone to a traditional storytelling festival, you really should try it out. There's a huge one that takes place every year in Jonesboro, Tennessee. And that's the National Storytelling Festival put on by the International Storytelling Center. And I attended that last year. It was tremendous, a lot of fun. They have a great ghost story session there, and I'm going to actually be attending this year as well. The fun about this story here is it does actually take place starting in Pittsburgh and then head south down to Rich Bottles Junior Land in West Virginia. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. More of a traditional ghost story type of tale, but as we know, horror is something that covers a lot of ground. So I figured let's explore a traditional ghost story and see what you guys think of that. So I hope you do enjoy it. Before I get into the show and the story here, I do want to say thank you to Rickert and Beagle Books, ShadowsAtTheDoor.com, and Sanitarium Magazine, our sponsors for the show. I want to remind you guys that there is big stuff coming. Next week, we have a great story called Demon in the Wire by Vincent Asaro. And then after that, we have a story by Neil Gaiman. And because folks have asked Nelson and I to read some of our stories on the show, and Neil's story runs at about 2,500 words, which is a little short for our typical episode, 
And because Neil's episode is only going to stay up for 60 days, we are going to give you two stories that are along the same theme that Nelson and I wrote. And that way, when we take the other story down in 60 days, there's still going to be an episode there. But we hope you'll enjoy what we put together. It's going to be something pretty special. There's a lot of people that have been involved in trying to make it a really special episode for you guys because we love you guys. And in addition to the story that I'm going to share with you today by Connie, I am going to go ahead and unlock the story from the newsletter a little bit early. Uh, so that way you guys have that story that you can listen to as well. And then next week, we're back to the normal schedule. I also wanted to let you know what we have going on on the Society 13 network. A lot of big things happening on the horizon. Three shows that are in development that will be coming out. We have a traditional storytelling show where we will be sharing recordings of traditional storytellers telling stories. We have a writing devoted show. And we also have one that features Victoria from The Ninth Story. If you want to see what that one's all about, you can head over to lift.ninthstory.com. There's two pilot episodes that we did last year that you could have a listen to. Of course, don't forget that we already have some other really great shows, including Red Horse Radio with John Towers, Kettle Whistle Radio with Dave Fairhead, and Prog Watch with Anthony Rousick. Prog Watch is an exploration of progressive music. Tony's kind of hit the big time with that one. He is actually syndicated on the radio over in Europe now. So not only can you listen to the podcast through our network, but if you're over in Europe, you can hear him on the radio. We also have Kettle Whistle Radio, as I mentioned, with Dave Fairhead. Dave's show is an exploration of all things horror. So he talks about movies and music and comic books, essentially anything that fits into the horror genre he likes to talk about and explore. And then John Towers with Red Horse Radio. He brings in local creatives into his studio and sits them down plies them with alcohol, and talks to them about all their secrets. So check out those shows as well, and we look forward to bringing you some of the other new shows that we have in development. More on that later. At the end of the show, I'll be back with some links for you. But for now, sit back, relax, and listen to Connie Reagan Blake with Ragdoll. Ragdoll. was the call of that bird that somehow made her feel at home and at the same time sent a chill down her spine. You see, Sally Milton had just moved to West Virginia, and it was like stepping back in time. She'd graduated from the University of Pennsylvania, and she taught school for a few years over in Pittsburgh. But like most teachers, she never seemed to have enough time to do anything else. And her real joy, her passion, was watercolors. She could just get lost in her painting. And then one day, a friend of hers told her about a small, isolated community down in West Virginia. They were looking for a teacher. She'd be the only teacher for 12 children. Well, something about it just sounded right. And Sally decided to go down and interview for the job. Once she got there, she met Mrs. Frances May Tompkins, the head of the school committee. She was an older woman, and Sally liked her right away. You could just tell she wanted what was best for the children. 
Miss Tompkins told her that her room and board would be provided for. She could come and go as she pleased. And then she said, Now, we can't afford to pay what they pay in the big city. But to compensate for that, we've arranged for you to do all of your lesson planning during the school day. You won't have to stay after school at all. Well, that sounded perfect to Sally. It meant her late afternoons would be free for painting, just when the sun's light was at its best. And then Miss Tompkins showed her the two rooms that would be hers. There was a long bank of windows overlooking the South Jaw River. That cinched the deal. Within two weeks, Sally had packed up and moved to West Virginia. The first day of school, it was great. Practically the whole town turned out to welcome her. The children were on their best behavior, and by 2.30 in the afternoon, she was finished. Now, the community just invited her in. She'd go over to people's homes for dinner, and and it came to her one day that she'd like to do something for the community. She decided she would have the children put on a play for Thanksgiving. She'd make the set and the costumes, and then she'd invite all the townspeople, kind of a way to say thank you. She decided she would stay after school that very day to work on the project. She was sitting there at her desk and thumbing through some books when she heard the call of that bird. And she remembered the first time she had heard that bird, when she had come for the interview, and she felt that same sense of welcoming and foreboding. She went back to the books, and all of a sudden, the room got very cold. It was a chill. And she realized she wasn't alone. She looked up, and at the back of the room, there was a child, a little girl. She'd never seen her before. She was dressed in old-fashioned clothes. She had on a muslin shirt, a little calico skirt. She was holding on to a book, and she had her hand raised. Teacher, teacher, please tell me what my homework is. And where is my rag doll? Well, Sally stood up quickly, and the child was startled. She dropped the book and went running out of the classroom. Sally went right behind her, got to the door, but she didn't see the little girl anywhere. She came back, and she picked up that book, and she saw that it was an old-timey primer, a reading primer. It had been published in 1881. Well, right away, Sally went to Miss Tompkins, and over a cup of tea, the older woman told her how that schoolhouse had been haunted by that child's ghost for generations. They'd never been able to keep a teacher more than just a couple of months. It seemed that the child always appeared in late afternoon. That's why they'd arranged for Sally to be gone by 2.30. Well, that evening, after supper, she went upstairs and she sat down and hand-stitched a rag doll. And the next day, She was there after school, waiting, and it was the same.
she felt that same chill in the room. And then the child appeared. She had her hand raised. Teacher, teacher, please tell me what my homework is. And where is my rag doll? Well, this time, Sally stood up very slowly. She had the doll in one hand and the book in the other. And she started walking towards the back of the room. Child, I want you to read the first three pages of this book. And here's your rag doll. That little girl looked up. She took both in her hands and she curtsied. Thank you, ma'am. She turned around and walked out of the door. By the time Sally got to the door, that child had vanished. Sally went to Miss Tompkins, and the older woman asked her to take a walk with her. They started walking out towards the edge of town, and Miss Tompkins told Sally how that little girl had died on her way home from school. It looked as if maybe she had slipped on some rocks near the swimming hole. A legend had it that the child had been inseparable from her rag doll, but after the drowning, They'd never been able to find it. Her parents, they put her school book right there in the coffin with her when they buried her. By the time Mrs. Tompkins finished telling the story, they were standing at the old part of the cemetery, standing right in front of a gravestone. It read, Rebecca Meredith, born 1902, died 1911. And sitting right up next to that gravestone was that rag doll Sally had made the night before. Now, Sally never did see Rebecca's ghost again, and she figured that that child must have been at peace. But every once in a while, she'd hear the call of that bird. Today's story by Connie Reagan Blake, Ragdoll, appears on her album, Chilling Ghost Stories. You can pick up a copy of that over at storywindow.com and just go to the Recordings tab and look for Chilling Ghost Stories. You can also find a link in the show notes for today's episode with a direct link right to that album. You can find her work over at storywindow.com. You can find her on Twitter, at storywindow. You can, as I mentioned earlier in the show, find her this weekend in Pittsburgh at the Three Rivers Storytelling Festival. Artwork for today's show was done by Trisha Martin. And if you haven't seen what Trisha did for us for the Neil Gaiman episode that's coming up, she took it upon herself to put together a little teaser trailer that's really cool. If you head over to our website at thewickedlibrary.com forward slash 609, you can find show notes with links to Connie's work as well as Trisha's work. And if you look in the section with Trisha's work under Awesome Neil Gaiman Teaser, there's a link directly to that YouTube video. So I hope you take the time to check it out. It's a lot of fun. And we will see you again with a fresh episode next week. And until next time, go ahead. Leave the lights on. If 
that makes you feel any safer. Uh -huh. It is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.